some stunning quotes from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell have emerged from newly released deposition transcripts. Plus, we'll hear the second half of my interview with Tom Brady on his aspirations as a broadcaster and NFL owner. It's Wednesday, January 31st. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Deposition transcripts from a lawsuit brought by insurers against the NFL in 2012 related to its major concussion settlement have come to light, and they reveal some pretty shocking details and quotes from league execs. Joining me now to discuss is sports business freelance writer Dan Kaplan. Welcome, Dan. Thank you for having me. So uh, what is what is this lawsuit about? And then we'll, we'll get into you know everything that's, that's come to light that you've just dug up. Well, in um, 20, actually it was 2011, uh, the first of the concussion lawsuits were filed against the NFL. Uh, these were the lawsuits uh, that former players filed claiming that they, the injuries they suffered during their playing days led to long-term cognitive decline. Uh, ultimately, there'd be hundreds of these lawsuits. They would be consolidated into a single class action, which led to a settlement with the NFL, thus far paid out over a billion dollars. Uh, the NFL wants their, has, has always wanted its insurance companies to pay for the settlement. Uh, the insurers, before the settlement occurred in 2011, filed a preemptive lawsuit claiming they did not have to cover the, the prospective settlement or actually any liability. So that suit got stayed until the settlement occurred, and the case has been winding its way very slowly, laboriously, uh, through the New York State Supreme Court, and it's probably this year may go to trial if there's not a, not a settlement in this case. Wow! Yeah, and so and these so these uh, deposition transcripts have just come to light. What was your your big takeaway uh, from from these you know the, this new information? Well, uh, as a reporter, when I saw there were deposition transcripts, which is, doesn't always happen in lawsuits. When I saw there were deposition transcripts, the, they were redacted, but not heavily redacted. My eyes popped because uh, it, this was like a, a kid in a candy store. There was Goodell's transcript. Was there, and, these, and realized these were depositions taken in 2022. Um, the transcripts had been filed on the court dockets in, in a sealed fashion about a year ago. Uh, so they as part of the process of each side asking the judge to rule in their favor, the summary judgment motions, uh, these transcripts got posted un- unsealed uh, and largely unredacted on the court docket on Saturday. So I spent the AFC and NFC championship games with, in front of the, the games with my laptop on my, in my lap, and ignoring my son's hooting and hollering at every play while I went through these transcripts. And I've only been through four or five of them, but I went through Goodell's. And the big takeaway is um, Goodell said some in, uh, arguably insensitive things. He said there was the connection between head injuries and later in life cognitive decline that the jury, essentially the jury's still out and there's a connection, um, and which is unusual because he's talking in the context of a $1.3 billion legal settlement, which, which was brought by players who claim there was such a connection. So the NFL is sort of straddling two sides here. On the one hand, they're saying ah, there's, not, there's not a connection. Uh, but on the other hand, there's, they, just, they agree to a settlement which suggests there is a connection. So it, it's, a little, it's a little murky. 
he also was asked about players who committed players who committed suicide and left notes to leave their brains to science. The, there's a whole host of brain banks across the United States that study the brains of, of former players to see if they have CTE. And he was asked, was he concerned about this? And he, his response essentially was, it, well, it's unfortunate. There are positives from, <laughs> from, the, from flare suicides, which is that the science advances. Uh, and even the, the lawyer for the insurance company asked, <laughs> responded, basically, are you kidding me? <laughs> There's a positive to this? And he, so and I'm sure Roger Goodell never expected these comments to come out publicly, but they have. And I'll, I'll be interested to see if next week at his annual press conference at the Super Bowl, if he's asked about it. So, yeah, just to iron this out, because it's it. I, I was stunned when I read this that Goodell would have the, the gall to say this. Uh, and I recommend people check out Dan's story on frontofficeforce.com. Uh, so the opposing counsel asked him, did you find it an issue of concern for the NFL that multiple NFL players committed suicide and left notes indicating that they wanted their brains studied to determine whether their injuries resulted from their play in the NFL? Goodell replies, I'm not sure I would agree with that entire statement. I think players who want to participate in the research necessary to advance science is a positive thing for us. Obviously, the circumstances are incredibly unfortunate. End quote. My goodness. I, I mean, to, to someone, someone commits suicide and leaves a note saying, there's something wrong with my brain. Check out my brain. And for him to say, well, you know, isn't that nice of them to, uh, you know, want to advance science like this? It's just incredibly insensitive. Um, and I understand that his job is to defend the NFL and to defend the NFL when other people won't. Um, but... But, you know, I just found it gobsmacking that that he would go to that length. Well, we'll see if anything happens. I mean, this is something that the NFL uh, has has dodged this issue for years. Uh, it's incredible, again, that he says there's uncertainty in 2022 when the research is out. They're, they're playing word games. You could you can argue that there's no scientific hard proof that smoking causes cancer. And that's actually a true statement. But consensus medical, if you have to wait till science absolutely proves it, you could wait 100 years. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of doctors and plaintiff's attorneys o- over the years. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fallback to say, well, the science isn't there yet. This, the science is, is generally there. It's just, you, you can always say, but, but it's not scientifically proven. Scientific consensus is mild traumatic brain injuries cause later in life uh, maladies like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Not every time, of course, and it depends on the severity of the MTBI, mild traumatic brain injuries, how, how frequently they occurred uh, in, in the, the individual. But clearly, if you look at some of these former NFL players who are suffering and the, the, the rate of CTE that the Boston Brain Bank has found in former players, there's a connection. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know it's naive of me to say, shouldn't the NFL um, say, look, we understand this is a problem. We're going to do everything we can to to solve it. And of course, they have taken some steps. Now we have a concussion protocol that we didn't have before. You know, there's new advances in equipment that that people hope will, um, will re- reduce this issue. Clearly, there's an issue that people are working on. But Goodell, you know, in his interests and in the league's interests are trying to act like this issue is as as reduced and minimal as possible, um, which leads to some, you know, 
offensive things. I'll, I'll say that they, they're just. Well, the <laughs> other offensive thing he said is is when he could, and the listeners should realize this was a nine hour deposition. It, it took me about three hours to get through the whole transcript. So it wasn't as if he was, he had five minute interview and the, these were, these were what he said. He said many, many things uh, about this time period, the, when he was commissioner, before he was commissioner, but he was asked, um, he was asked about the safety of contact sports. And he's been asked this a lot uh, in a lot of forms. And I'll, and I'll make a comparison to what he said in 2016 at the Super Bowl press conference in a moment. But what he said uh, to the lawyer asked him about contact sports, he said, there's risk in all contact sports. There's risk to walking down the street. I mean, that, that, that I mean, you don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I mean, I guess if you're walking down the street, if you're li- literally walking in the middle of the street, I guess there is a, there right. is a danger. But, but yeah, I, like tell that to the traffic cop next time you're pulled over for driving 100 miles an hour. It'd be like, well, it's risk to driving 30 miles an hour. It's like, yes, but <laughs> um, this is this is a whole lot riskier. In 2016, he, he at the Super Bowl press conference, he made a similar comparison when he said there was similar risk to sitting on the couch to contact sports. Now, that there, that was more defensible, although it came across very poorly, because there's if sitting on the couch suggests there's inactivity in the person sitting on the couch. And, you know, obesity is, is something that is a health healthcare issue, just as head injuries are healthcare issues. I don't see how walking down the street is a healthcare issue. Dan Kaplan, thank you for combing through these transcripts while watching the games. And uh, hopefully you won't have to do that for the Super Bowl. Uh, And thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Kansas University is in the midst of a project to demolish and rebuild David Booth Memorial Stadium where the Jayhawks play football and to make the surrounding area called the Gateway District more of a destination. KU is building a conference center and some mix of dining, retail, office space, hotels, and entertainment venues. And to promote it, they put out the most intense video about stadium construction I have ever seen. In every pursuit, we are trailblazers with a transformative vision to chart a new course. With an eye for if you want to see this dawn of a new era happening in real time, you can go to the KU website where they have live cams of the construction happening right now. However, that means the Jayhawks need a place to play next season because the project won't be finished until 2025. On Tuesday, the Jayhawks announced that they will play two of their six home games at Children's Mercy Park, home to the MLS team Sporting Kansas City, and the other four at Arrowhead Stadium, where the Kansas City Chiefs play. The former has a capacity around 18,000, less than half the Jayhawks' usual home, but Arrowhead holds 76,000 people. The team had four sellouts in seven home games last season and had an average attendance just under 46,000. Next year, we'll see what they can do with an extra 30,000 seats. In the coming weeks, we'll be seeing stories about all the benefits that Las Vegas is getting from hosting the Super Bowl, and those are real, but they don't come for free. According to LV Sports Biz, the city's convention and visitors authority and Super Bowl host committee are spending a combined $60 million on the big game. That includes $6 million in stadium costs, close to $4 million for staff, another $3 million for safety and security, but the biggest line item is $17 million for NFL expense reimbursement. What that entails is not exactly clear, but hey, if you're the NFL, why pay for your own expenses when your host city will do it for you? Meanwhile, the NFL continued to assert its dominance in the AFC and NFC championship games. The Chiefs' victory over the Ravens on Sunday averaged 55.5 million viewers, which is the most ever for an AFC championship game. The NFC championship did slightly better with 56.6 million viewers. 
It's early in the year, but those are likely to be in 2024's top five most watched events of any kind, sports or otherwise. And the Super Bowl seems likely to smash the record for U.S. sporting events. Up next, Tom Brady is retired from football, but he's still a busy guy. This fall, he will become the lead color commentator on Fox's NFL broadcasts, a job he has never done before and will pay him more than he made as an NFL player. We talked about that and his desire to own at least a piece of an NFL team. And that conversation is coming up right after this. Tom, seems like you're never just doing one thing. In addition to all this, you're getting ready for the new gig as Fox's lead color commentator next season. What are you doing to get ready for the job? A lot of studying, a lot of research, a lot of uh, talking to a lot of friends who are in the business and that have gone through their own growing pains, um, reaching out to some of the best in the industry that have gave me some great advice and, uh, and then just going in there and just doing dry runs in practice. And it's been really fun. It's been obviously a different challenge. Um, fortunately, I think there's a database of knowledge that's been built up over 23 years of sitting in meeting rooms and being in game plan meetings and trying to go out there and execute on the field. So I, I believe I can provide a pretty unique perspective uh, that I think a lot of people will really like. And it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, again, it's always about challenging yourself to grow in different areas. And this is certainly one way that I'm doing it. And who have you reached out to? Who have you been having conversations with about all this? Uh, you name it, and I probably spoke to him at some point. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, is it definitely going to be just you and Kevin Burkhardt, or is there open to other scenarios, like even like a three-person booth with Greg Olson, or you know anything other than the the two of you? No, it's Kevin and I, and we've developed a great rapport, and I have a lot of respect for him, listen to him a lot, and I love Greg. Greg's done an incredible job. And he's got a great future and great career, obviously, already had one as a player, had one as a broadcaster. And anything Greg puts his mind to, he's going to be incredibly successful as well. Yeah. And, you know, part of that job is, you know, dishing out praise and critique. You had some, you know, some fairly harsh words around the quality of play earlier this year around, you know, how players are coached and you know, how quarterbacks are, can't avoid injury. Um, do you stand by those as we're, you know, heading into the end of the season? Mike's taught me a lot about honesty and, and being myself. And I know that's what you're going to get. I mean, I, I obviously I love the sport and I want to see it continue to grow. Um, and at the same time, I have my own opinions on what I see based on my experience. So uh, a lot of people could try to con- convince me differently. I see it like I see it and I'm going to call it like I call it. And, you know, that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're interested in NFL team ownership at some point. Uh, What draws you to that? And and where do things stand on that front? I love sports and I love how it brings our community together. I saw what happened when I grew up in the Bay Area and the 49ers were incredibly successful. It changed how we all thought about football in the Bay Area growing up. And then I went to Michigan and I was part of a great culture and environment there that the entire city would come together on Saturdays to watch Michigan football. And, And obviously the success we had in New England and we had what success in Tampa and we had parades and other athletes came out to support us and kids were wearing jerseys. And, you know, I think sports can just, it cuts through so much. Sports brings together people of every age, race, religion, culture, socioeconomic background. You know, it's something to root for and cheer for. And, and I love being a part of sports because it's so real and in the moment, we're all so authentic to what we're doing. And when we win, it's amazing. When we lose, man, it sucks. But you got to deal with those adversities to help you build that resilience and grit. And a lot of what Mike's done over the course of his career, I think there's a couple things we have in common. There's a lot of things we have in common, but 
we never mind a challenge. And I think it challenges, challenges us to step our game up. And we do that with one another. And we want to do that with the people that are involved in these businesses with us. And we want to make an impact on people's lives. Yeah. And this year, of course, the Super Bowl's in Vegas. Uh, Tom, I hear you've been spending a lot of time there. What do you think about the city's rise as a sports town? It's on the rise. I'm telling you, there's there's uh, obviously great hockey team there. MMA's there, uh, the UFC. Um, obviously, the Raiders, the Aces. There's going to be a basketball team at some point, a baseball team at some point. There's conventions out there. There's shows. There's the Sphere. There's you know, it's 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 a big small town, and um, and they've got a great rooting interest in sports. And I love the fact there's going to be a Super Bowl there. There was a draft there. There's been All Star games there. There's NBA Summer League games there. So. There's a lot going on in the world of sports in Las Vegas. All right. And uh, just as we look to the future for this, you know, noble plus Tom Brady, uh, what should we be looking out for, you know, as this venture moves forward? You know, I I think we're just, you know, right now we're uh, we have the vision and the mission. Um, We're merging together. We're merging three companies at once. We have incredible companies at each both at TB12, Brady, and at Noble headquarters in Boston. I think it's amazing that, you know, TB12 was in Boston, Noble was in Boston. Tom obviously played most of his career in New England. Um, you know, we're, we're excited. I mean, like, we're in a different stage in our life. We both have young kids. Uh, we're blessed that we still have our parents with us, um, you know, and, uh, you know, we're trying to enjoy every single day as, a, as we have kids that are not in college yet, and we have parents that are still here with us, and we're so blessed. Um, I think, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you know, helping people cope with adversity, helping them through adversity, resilience, uh, perseverance. Um, you know, we've we've gone through it our whole life. And, uh, you know, like certain people view obstacles and certain people view roadblocks. Roadblocks stop you. I don't think Tom and I have ever, ever seen a roadblock in our life. We've seen obstacles. You just have to figure a way to push through and get through there. And if we can inspire those who are aspire to be better, aspire to be great, um, that's what we want to do. You know, we want to pay this forward. We're, we're, we're both, we're both blessed. We're both thankful every single day. We, uh, you know, we're very grateful and, you know, we're excited about that, uh, helping out the alphas, the, uh, Gen Z's and the, uh, and the millennials out there and, uh, enjoying life every single day. We're blessed. And Tom, last question. Uh, who, who's going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> we'll let them decide that on the field. I, honestly, my opinion doesn't make any difference. I, I want a great game. And again, I think when you see these two teams play, it's a great accomplishment to get there. Only one of these teams is going to be feeling good at the end. Um, I'm really not rooting for either of them. I have no, you know, I was rooting for the teams I played for. I basically, all, all the other ones, whatever, they can they can have at it. But I respect them a lot. And, and like I always say, may the best team win. Whoever plays the best, that they're gonna they're gonna have earned it and they're gonna deserve it, and they'll be able to celebrate with the great championship and get another another ring on their finger. All right, Tom Brady, Mike Rapoli, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Owen. That's it for today. Drop us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice and subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>